Hey, it's Sarah, and this is Kids These Days, a podcast brought to you by funding through the Kansas Department for Children and Families. Hey, y'all. So last week, we talked about the current guidelines for technology and media use with infants, toddlers, and preschoolers, and some really cool ideas of how you can actually implement that with your kids. And today, we're going to talk about... um, using technology with parents, how to educate them, how to get involved, and some tips. So first, let's talk about how we, as providers, can use technology to engage our families. Well, we can do this by creating digital portfolios, capturing and sharing those developmentally appropriate pictures, videos of what their child is doing in the classroom or in your program. I know a lot of you have... um, apps and different programs that you have on your iPads or your phones where you can snap pictures and send them to parents. You can write information in about their day. That's what we mean by a digital portfolio. I know some of you use Facebook to communicate those things. Some of you just text. So I think that's the biggest way, the most effective and most appropriate way we can use technology to engage families. Before we talk about the why of that, I want to be sure that everyone has a media use policy and procedure in their program. You know, something that parents sign off on that says that they're comfortable with you sharing their child's picture with other parents um, on a Facebook page, etc. Our team has some examples of what that might look like. So if you're curious, feel free to reach out. But you really want to make sure that you're covering all of your bases and that you are respecting parents' use of technology and sharing of their child's information. So why should we use technology, right? Well, it supports those social connections. It shows how children engage with other children with proper permission, of course, right? And can also connect parents to each other. It really um, helps us, helps support us in those tennis ball and egg conversations. So this is a Haneyism that I've learned that I really like the analogy of you know, those tennis ball conversations that we can have that easy back and forth. How was their night? What did you do at school today? What are you doing this weekend, et cetera, et cetera. Well, when we're constantly sharing that information through technology, then those egg comfort conversations, you know, the ones that we have to handle with a little more care, like maybe there's a behavior concern or a developmental red flag. When we have lots of opportunities for back and forth with the tennis ball conversations, we're already in practice and have formed the foundation for those more difficult egg conversations. You know, some of the reasons why we should use technology with parents is that it really opens the door for us to provide more easy to find, easy to use, digestible, appropriate parent education. Like we've talked about in a previous episode, parents want that high quality information, but where do they go to get it? Well, if we've already established some technology guidelines or some sharing through technology, then parents are more apt to come to us with technology resources or to follow through on the resources we send them. It's also just a really great, easy way to share what's happening in your program. Some tips for parents and for you as providers for some healthy media usage. So we want to be sure that we treat media and technology like we would any environment or activity in that child's life. Number one things, if any of you have ever worked with me, you've heard me say this, turn off televisions that you aren't watching, turn off music that you're not actively engaged in, anything that's background noise, right? That gets in the way of that face-to-face conversation 
with children, and it also gets in the way of them learning how to process things in their environment. Their brain is not primed yet to filter out those background noises to focus in on language. And think about a kiddo like me with ADHD or sensory issues of trying to filter through all of those things that are on and going and still listen. And we want to make sure that we're recharging devices overnight outside of the bedroom. I know this is one that I am really bad about. And having some tech-free zones in your house. I know a lot of people like mealtimes or other social gatherings or even their child's bedroom or their bedroom are screen-free areas. And so just make that a requirement early on that those areas are tech-free zones. And then we want to set limits. (laughs) I'm sure you didn't think you'd get through this conversation without hearing that. Set limits, right? Kids need them and and expect them in all areas of life, but especially in technology, right? We've talked about last week the recommendations for children the amount of exposure they get to technology and media based on their age. And so much of that has to do with where their brains are development-wise. They don't need the added stimulus of TV or video. So we want to make sure that we are limiting their media and technology. Unstructured and offline play stimulates creativity. We want to make unplugged We want to make unplugged playtime a daily priority, especially for those really, really young kids. Something else, and I do think this probably is more of a parent point, but know your children's friends, both offline and on. Who are they talking to? Who are they spending time with? Know what platforms, software, and apps that your children are using, what sites they're visiting on the web, and what they are doing online. Do your homework. You know, there's more than 80,000 apps are labeled as educational, but there's really very little research that's dis- that's demonstrated their actual quality. Um, products that are pitched as interactive should require more than just pushing and swiping. Look to organizations like Common Sense Media. They have some awesome tools that you can check out. Um, for reviews about age-appropriate apps, games, programs, etc., to help you guide making your choices. And this one, I don't know, is probably, I think it would probably be the most difficult for me with human kids, but be a good role model, right? Parent media use is a strong predictor of child media habits. Heavy mobile device use results in fewer verbal and nonverbal interactions, right? And can be associated with more parent-child conflict. Teach and model kindness and good manners online and offline. Limit your own media use. Don't use technology as an emotional pacifier. Media can be a very effective way to keep kids calm and quiet. I get it. But it should not be the only way they learn to calm down right? We have to teach children how to identify and handle strong emotions, come up with activities to manage boredom, or calm down through breathing, talking about ways to solve problems, and finding other strategies for channeling emotions that don't involve a screen. What happens if that screen isn't there? What happens if that screen is dead? 
What happens if you don't have Wi-Fi connection? We have to teach and model for our children how to handle their upset without a screen. And screen time shouldn't always be alone time. Co-view, co-play, co-engage with your children when they are using screens. It encourages social interaction, bonding, learning. Oh, and I want to go back to the point earlier where we were talking about know your children's friends and know what platforms, apps, etc. they're on. I know that there are a lot of parental use tools out there. And, you know, I think it kind of depends on what internet service you have, what TV service you have, depends on which one you use. But I think that it's really important that you are aware of those services and taking advantage of them, right? So again, when we talk about that screen time shouldn't always be alone time, we don't want to just monitor them though online. We want to interact with them, right? That co-view, co-play that I was talking about. You guys know after listening to this for a while now, the value of that face-to-face communication, relationship building, reciprocal conversations, right? Best best way for young children to learn communication is face-to-face engagement, engaging in that back and forth, serve and return talk time is critical for language development. And like we talked about last week, especially with infants and toddlers, that video chats like FaceTime, Zoom, are appropriate uses of technology and media because they are able to engage in that reciprocal back-and-forth, face-to-face conversation. We usually shoot for infants, toddlers, preschoolers, but I want to throw a little bit in here about teens, Um, which, you know, my expertise lies in infants, toddler, preschool, but, you know, teens are people too. (laughs) As a matter of fact, if we look at them from a standpoint of brain development, and we know that our brains aren't fully developed till we're 25 or 30, teenagers have, still have baby brains. We still have to set limits for them, monitor them, interact with them. But it's okay for them to be online, right? Um, they're, they're now, <laughs> they're a part of typical adolescent development. But we want to make sure that we're keeping the lines of communication open and letting them know that you're there if, you, if they have questions, concerns, something weird happens, we want to warn them and, and show them, not just warn them, but show them, give them actual examples about the importance of privacy and the dangers of predators and sexting. I know that can be an uncomfortable, not fun conversation, but you have to have it. It is so important that we're talking to them about those things because when we don't talk to them, somebody else will. And then that's what becomes their truth. So we want to make sure that we're showing them how to set up the privacy settings on any of their social media accounts, how to look for scammers, how to look for catfishing, etc. You know, social media can support teens as they explore and discover more about themselves and their place in the grown-up world, right? <laughs> you know, like, how do they fit in? How will they fit in? I think... For a lot of teens and adults here in this last year or so with COVID, social media has been a way for people to stay engaged and stay connected when face-to-face wasn't possible. And just be sure that your teen is behaving appropriately in both the real world 
and the online world. And again, I think that goes back to your lines of communication being open, you being open and honest with them about privacy, about dangers, about knowing what what sites they're on, what apps they're on, etc. Here's the thing to remember. <laughs> All kids are going to make mistakes. All humans make mistakes. But your kids are going to use your kids are going to make mistakes using media. So we want to try and handle those errors or those mistakes with empathy and turn it into a teachable moment. Observe your children's behavior. Um, enlist support from professionals if needed. You know, are you noticing signs of depression? Are you noticing signs of bullying? But also remember that some indiscretions like sexting, bullying, posting self-harm images, posting images of other people's bodies without their permission, those are things that are red flags that hint, that can hint at trouble ahead. And we have to stop that before it gets to that trouble. Um, and I think, you know, when I was researching for this, there's still a lot of information about there out there about screen time during COVID. And while I think that this is still a consideration to be made, I think that these following points really are true of media usage overall, right? We want safety first. We want to think in terms of wellness. How is this social media serving me? I know Rudy and I have talked about it in a lot of past episodes of, for me personally, really trying to evaluate my social media usage and thinking about how it serves me. How is it affecting my, how is it affecting my mood? How is it affecting my emotions? How is it affecting my relationships? Um, because we want to emphasize that connection and creativity. We want to be sure that we're settling, setting those reasonable limits. And at the end of the day, parents and providers, go easy on yourself and your kids. You know, yeah, COVID's wrapping up. I guess you can say it that way. I don't know that that's the best way to say that. But I think that there's still so much to learn from this and to see what happens as a result of it that we all just have to have some empathy and, you know, relax a little. So some resources that we're going to share with you via social media are Kids in Tech, Tips for Parents in the Digital Age, the AAP Family Media Plan, Children in Screens, and the Zero to Three Infographic on Technology and Media. I think that AAP Family Media Plan is actually pretty dope because it really helps you see all the minutes throughout the day that you or your teen or your child or your youth are putting into activity, school, work, and social media and screen time. And it's just a really cool visual way to set a plan, set some hours, and talk with your kids about how you're going to keep those limits in mind when you're using social media and when you're using screen time. So that said, um, still look forward to hearing from you all about any cool resources or activities that you have that utilize technology and media with your kids. Um, would love to hear about any plans that you have to help set limits, etc. But other than that, we will see you next week. Bye! 
Kids These Days is a co-production of the Casito Kids Infant Toddler Specialist Network and Workforce Development Programs. These programs are supported through a grant from the Kansas Department for Children and Families Child Care and Early Education Services. However, information or opinions expressed herein do not necessarily reflect the position or policy of the agency, and no official endorsement should be inferred. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, or want to share your practice related to this or a previous episode, please email kidsthesedayspod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kidsthesedayspod. Be sure to check out the infographic and other resources for this episode in the show notes. And don't forget to hit subscribe. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by Sarah Holmes. Infographics by Rudy Benavides. Music track Hackbeat by Kevin McLeod. See you next time on Kids These Days.